0: The first 49ers wake up of December begins with a rousing win over the Philadelphia Eagles to mourn the death of the Eagles Super Bowl uh, aspirations. Larry has chosen to wear green today to lay them down in their graves. Look, we're not going that far, but Larry, what a win for the 49ers as big of a statement as Kyle Shanahan's ever seen his team make in the regular season.
1: Huge win for the Niners on the road. It wasn't close. Uh, they
0: dominated this game.
1: Um, they they got dominated in the first quarter, and they came back, and they really put it on the Eagles. And by the end, uh, it was a very one-sided game. And, and there's all kinds of heroes in a game like this. But at the top of the list to me are three, which would be Debo, um, Purdy, and the young DBs, the coverage on the back end was spectacular. Mooney Ward, Dima Lenore, who had the thunderous hit at the end there on Swift to uh, punctuate the the victory. And then, of course, Ambry Thomas. Um, you know, the 49ers have injected some youth in their secondary, and they went up against the top two, you know, two of the top wide receivers in the game, probably the best tandem going right now. And um, they didn't shut them down. Those guys both had good numbers, but overall they, you know, they bent, but they didn't break. They made plays in the red zone. Very impressive by the 49er coverage team. And then Debo's a primetime player and Brock Purdy is that guy, uh, that nobody wants to admit that he is. And the Niners are, are one, I guess that they can win, win, they can run the table and, and somebody can knock off Philadelphia, um, possibly, the road to
0: Vegas comes through Levi's. It ain't over till it's over and it ain't over yet. There's still a lot of football to be played. An awful lot can happen to the good and the bad. That's how we got more than a month of football left here. So lots to do, but man, everybody had this game circled. Whether you even root for the 49ers or Eagles doesn't matter. You saw this game come out in the regular season and you thought, whoo, that's going to be a big one. And it's set up early where it looked like it was going to be Philadelphia setting the tone and grabbing a lead and making the 49ers play catch up from way behind, but way behind never became way behind Larry. It was only six to nothing and field goals officially get you closer to, to, to losing than they do winning in a game of this magnitude. Um, by the way, there's a new element to where if I put my thumb up, it like turns into a thumb emoji thing on the screen. Did you just see that? It was weird. No, do it again. Uh, I think that a thumb came up or something happened. Something po- I froze for a second. Anyways, I guess the whole point <laughs> was the 49ers, you know, I wouldn't say they came from way behind, but they did play a little come from behind football. You know, all the boxes that you want to see a team check. That That was the worst opening quarter of Kyle Shanahan's entire head coaching life, Larry. I mean, it could not have gone worse, but for the scoreboard, not tilting all the way to 14 to nothing. It's a great point. I mean,
1: you know, Philly dominated that first quarter, but they were only up 6 nothing. Um, you know. And, and, you know, one thing that I thought was surprising, though, is, you know, well, first of all, credit the guys who kept them afloat in that first quarter, right? So Philly gets a long drive on the first drive. They get down to the red zone. It's third and seven from the eight. Hertz goes to A.J. Brown on the back shoulder. And Mooney Ward was all over it, all over it. Um, and he also had the big hit on um, on Gainwell on the first play of the drive. So the drive starts with a monster hit by Mooney Ward, and it ends because Mooney Ward had blanketed coverage on AJ Brown and got the PBU. And what I loved about the game was just that the officials let him play. It's a big game; these are physical teams. They're good teams. Um, they didn't just you know every close contact. They didn't just grab the flag. I like that. Let them let them decide it on the field. I'd rather I'd rather the officials be a little too soft uh, with the penalties than a little too aggressive. Don't inject yourself. They didn't in this game. But Mooney Ward, I thought, was absolutely huge on that first drive, and then on the second drive, you know, uh, they get down to second and five from the 13-yard line, and once again, I mean, I can say Javon Kinlaw, and it was Javon Kinlaw because he sacked Hurts who literally went in figure eights and then fell down at his feet. And Javon got the easiest sack that he'd had in a long time. And by the way, it was his first sack in two years, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, 2020. So three. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, you know, so Kinlaw's not a pass rusher. We all know that he's more of an absorb blocks kind of a guy, but he was hustling back there and he gets credit with the sack. Um, But really we all know that was a coverage sack. Because Jalen Hurts dropped back to pass and he had plenty of time and just nobody was open. So the coverage on that second and five play led to a third and twenty-one. And then the Niners played very poised and smart football, knowing exactly where the sticks were. They knew their down and distance really well in this game. And they held Gainwell to eight yards on third and twenty-one and, and forced a field goal. Um, and and to me. If, they, if you go down 14 nothing, you're in a hole on the road and you're in trouble. A lot of trouble. Yeah. You go down six nothing, um, and they're dominating the time of possession 12 minutes to one minute. You're still fine. You're almost and
0: winning that game theoretically, in my mind. Like yeah, at you're that point, you have mental edge. Yeah. So, you know, they've already squandered a couple of drives settling for field goals. Your drives didn't go anywhere, but we still don't know what you're about to do. So, I mean, it was just. It was one of those games that had got away from the Niners early, but it didn't get far away from them, and they stayed in striking distance. And when it was all said and done, you talk about poise. I thought Debo Samuel scored the most important touchdown, the loudest answer touchdown of his career. After the Paul Blart mall, mall cop interference that we had, and we'll talk an awful lot about the security. There's the thumb thing that, that just happened. Do you see it? See that happening?
2: You do know, you know, again, I did freeze
0: with like a white thumb that came up on the on the screen. Do it again. I don't. I don't know if I can just do it again. It happened accidentally. Anyway, so um, I don't know. I put out a video, Larry, about you sure. This, uh, you, you, something happened. Something happened. I like it froze for a second there. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, All right. um, something. Happened that could have rattled the Niners. The Green Law ejection was ridiculous. Boldface on its surface, ridiculous. I still got Philadelphia fans after this video that I made calling this guy a freaking meatball. Get the hell off the field. They're like, oh, you're always whining about something. No, 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 no. Philadelphia, here's what you get to do today you get to sit down and shut up. That's it. That's it. There's nothing to say. You can't point. You can't say, oh, congratulations on your December Super Bowl to anyone or anything. You got eviscerated. The Niners came there, and they banged your moms. Like, that's how loud they won that game. Not since – not since Pat Burles walked oh. around Philadelphia banging everybody's mom oh. I mean Debo Samuel just scored another touchdown and banged another mom in Philadelphia oh. that is how loud the 49ers won this game Welcome so, to welcome to 49ers at night yeah, yeah, uh, good morning everyone oh, we're way, working we're
1: working blue Look, we're we're seeing images. We're we're throwing we're banging moms. We're uh, I mean, it's it's we're off the rails.
0: Bad. The 49ers won that we're not game. We're ten
1: minutes into this thing, and moms have been banged. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I mean,
0: hey, uh, start start with your best material. I've always said. <laughs> I mean, moms. Every I
1: mean, we're we're Mother's Day wasn't that long ago either. I mean, it's just.
0: Oh, what can I'll we tell say? you what was long for mom. Debo Samuel and this three touchdowns, Larry, first of all, that touchdown that he scored right after the mall, the, 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 the the mall cop energized, energized the Eagles for the, you know, the Jalen hurts brotherly shove, So they got a touchdown and then all of a sudden Debo goes on, that 48 yard, I'm gonna just shake an eagle right off of me. You thought you had me tackled. What you're going to see is me take this to the house.
1: Oh, uh, he dominated was- that whole series too, Damon, because he had the kickoff return. So I, I really love Debo on the kickoff return. It's not necessarily for every yard that he gets, it's for the way that he does it and the confidence that he does it and the energy that he has. It just it's a fueling type situation watching him. Run with confidence and strength through a defense or on special teams. So he comes out, he has, you know, the kickoff return, whatever. They're first and 10 on the 23. Cox sacks uh, Purdy on the first play. And you're thinking, oh my God, they're going backwards again. This is looking really, really bad. The momentum you feel shifted. The crowd's into it. Greenlaw's been ejected. Uh, Big Dom is now walking out with his red neck. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, they go Debo and, and, you know, one thing about the Eagles is the Eagles on paper were one of the NFL's best teams at limiting yards after the catch. And then for Debo just to gash him and run right through him to the point where Seth Joyner is on the radio this morning in Philly, just ripping Philly's DBs as, as poor tacklers. And they were in this game. He just ran right through them. Um, and it was a major shift in the momentum. And you look up and you're like, whoa, 28-13, this thing. And that's when he started waving goodbye, I believe, wasn't it? Or was it Was it not till the IUC?
0: Look, it was worse than that. The or Eagles the Juwan, getting, maybe. The Eagles were getting booed off the field at halftime, Larry. I mean, I, I is love that it. customary? I mean, is that the way they treat their team? This team went to the Super
1: Bowl. They're 10-1. It, it's it, at halftime it's anybody's ball game Yeah, i mean it was a hard fought first half it was 14-6 look
0: it wasn't like it was 28-3 turned, philadelphia fans turn on their own faster than <laughs> I mean, any other fan base in america i mean they walked out of that game 7 loss against the arizona diamondbacks telling every single philadelphia philly to go you know i i, I won't i won't work season all season desist. For you. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's a city that is full of sports venom. And if you think that they handle winning poorly, wait until you see them lose. And there's an awful lot of that. No one look at it this way. Philly fans love to point to you know, cry more, whine more. It's the biggest city of whining crybabies after a big loss you're going to find in sports. So Philadelphia, put a Geno's in this side of your mouth, a Pat's in that side of your mouth. Realize both of those cheesesteaks are tourist traps and they suck and take the loss. And we're not even going to do the show where we try to re-examine what happened in the NFC title game because we all know now that show isn't even necessary we need Brock one Murray. highlight we do need one highlight we, we got, got a highlight show something yes here we go Hit this is a highlight right. oh he's oh, happy
1: oh, this this guy here he is you know, you know a real professional football team with real professional men take a loss instead they cried
0: about it oh if our quarterback wasn't hurt if you went a freaking block for him he would
2: have been hurt. You suck. You're not mad enough to admit it. Now you're gonna come back here and you're gonna get your ass kicked again, and we're gonna show you how men play. Not like those little whiners
0: from the West Coast who drink their little wine with their pickies up and act like you're so superior. Guess what? This is silly. You're gonna lose. You suck.
1: Then guess what? Forty two nineteen. Uh you gotta love the you gotta love the authentic Philly fan.
0: Look, I'm sure that guy goes home and he kisses both of his children on the head and, and I'm is sure a great, he's a
1: normal regular guy. He's a great guy. He's
0: a great guy. But as a sports fan, he's delusional and he has attached <laughs> so much of his self-worth to his football team doing anything that today that guy might no longer be with us. That guy <laughs> might have jumped off some building or something last night, pinky in the air. Pinky up your ass. That's how bad you got <laughs> handled last night. Here we I'm go. <laughs> Pinkies up for Philly. Oh, dude, you know what? Big Mac yeah. 8675. Pinkies up for Philly. Let me enjoy Woo! this coffee right here, Larry. We do a little sip of the day. This is, oh, little, little pinkies up. White mm. wine. I'm going to go double pinkies. Uh, double pinkies up. Double oh.
1: pinkies for that guy. I
0: Look, guarantee
1: you oh, a loud horn ends that guy's work day. I guarantee you. <laughs>
0: Look at it this way. He doesn't even live in Philadelphia. He's from South Jersey. You can just tell. You can just tell. Um, Larry, it was a dominating, absolute dominating game for the 49ers. I mean, really, one of the loudest statements Kyle Shanahan's team's ever been allowed to make in a regular season. It's one of the loudest statement games that has been made in the NFL all season by any team, any franchise. And, you know, we're not some goofy they're about to be anointed as super bowl champion yahoo bunch of homers morning show that's not what 49ers wake up is about 49ers wake up tries to frame things properly and in 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 reality and the reality is that this game could be played back in philadelphia and maybe the niners could lose that game because that's what the nfl is that's what the nfl is the day the day that you play your best football means nothing to tomorrow Means absolutely nothing to tomorrow. I mean, because what got decided? Ahead.
1: What what got decided y- yesterday? The no. only thing that really got decided was that the Forty ers if they have to go back to Philly, will roll in with swagger
0: instead of, oh shucks, I don't know if we can get it done. I mean, That's I don't what think happened? They, they rolled in with an awful lot of that to begin with. Like, I just don't think that the 49ers function or think like that. It's not. Who Kyle Shanahan allows them to be. And they all look, you don't have to tell a football team it's good. They know. Like, you don't have to tell a football team when it's bad either. They, they know. And this team knows, and I think the entire NFL knows, and now the national media knows, and all of Brock's detractors know now that when we sit around talking about the small handful of teams that can actually really become Super Bowl champions. So this will you know, let's say the Houston Texans are in the playoffs. Great. They're not going to the Super Bowl. They're not ready yet, you know, but it'd be great for them if they get there to be super story. But that's as good as that's where that story tops out. Right. Well, for this year, they're They're building. Yeah. And they're in their infancy. They're they're the impressive preschooler. Exactly. So there are still a small handful of teams that can actually win a Super Bowl. And the 49ers are right in the middle of that handful. You know, Cowboys. I don't know if they're in the middle. I think the 49ers the, are the top team in the league. Well, I mean, in and the middle, when, of- I think oh, everybody
1: yeah. knows yeah. it when it's all yeah. said and done. When the Niners bring their game, they are the t- they are the best team in the league. Um, and you saw it yesterday. I mean, Eagles are cut the lead to 21-13 on the after. And, and Greenlaw gets ejected with Big Dom, even though the security guy put his hands on Greenlaw first. And the Niners get it back on their 23. And I thought that one of the biggest plays of the game was the third and seven. So, you know, Fletcher Cox stuffs, uh, you know, sacks the quarterback on first down. CMC runs for five on second and 12. So they get the third and seven. And Purdy threw a really nice timed comeback route to Brandon Ayuk for a first down against Darius Slay. And it just felt like the Niners took a breath. The next play, CMC rumbles for 16 yards, and the play after that, Purdy goes to Debo for 48, and he goes untouched through the middle of uh, Philly's defense. And you know, I mean, it's just it's you know, you look up and it's 28-13. I mean, and the Niners took control of this thing. But I, I, if you said what was the key to victory, I think it was two things: Brock Purdy playing with a ton of poise, and that environment, that atmosphere, very difficult to do, very difficult to do for a 23 year old quarterback to play is mistake free football as that guy played for the most part. Um, very difficult to do. I think that has to be applauded. That's one number two on defense, the 49ers as a defensive unit kept Philly in third and long, a lot of the day. I mean, I didn't look exactly how the third downs broke down, but we didn't see a ton of the tush push because the Niners won on first and second down, and they got into a lot of third and five, third and six.
0: Heck, we saw them punt in a situation where I thought they would go for it. Let um, that late fourth and two. I was surprised. It was, and that's the thing. I guess it wasn't even that late, and he just didn't want to give the Niners the ball back on their own side of the field. But I, I, got, a, stop I, on D. I got a text from John Kincaid, who is a Philadelphia sports talk show host who came on my channel last week, Larry, and and he said... It, he's like, I can't believe Sirianni didn't go for it right there. And he basically told his entire team that everything we're doing all season long that has worked for us, we don't think can work today. And that was like a a message that the Eagles probably didn't take very well on their own sideline. And that's when they realized, yeah, we're just not going to get this done today. And look, you, you talked about third down. The uh, Niners were eight of 11. Didn't feel like an eight of 11 day on third down for the Niners, but they were, and the Eagles were eight of 15. You know, there's a lot of, there's that's a, lot a great of, number for the 49ers for Brock Purdy. I mean, that's the quarterback down yeah. third down.
1: What do you do on third down eight of 11 against the best team in the league in their joint, uh, with all the pressure and everything that goes into it, Damon, I think we also got to credit Kyle Shanahan here because, um, you know, the Niners are down six, nothing, They get the ball back in that third possession. They get down to third and goal from the two, and you're thinking they're going to have to settle for a field goal here. And I thought that play design on the touchdown to Ayuk was just awesome. I mean, one, it was great chemistry, a great connection by Ayuk and Purdy. Purdy threw it to a spot. Iyuk got to that spot and touchdown Niners. But, you know, I believe you had a three wide receivers bunch to the right you had a play action bootleg. You had the orbit motion with Debo moving away from you know moving from left to right. And you had Ayuke in the back, and they also had Jennings up front. And it was like they were worried about they were worried about Debo. They were worried about Purdy running. They were worried about the quicker, quick underneath route to Jennings, and nobody covered the best receiver going right now. And he was in the back of the end zone and just a perfect timing route. There was really nobody there. Um, Great throw. Led him perfectly. Great diving catch. The Eagles challenge said it wasn't a catch, but replay uh, made it stand up.
0: I uh, you the did a great job getting his hand underneath that ball cuz it did move a little. It did skid across the ground as he was going down to the ground, but yeah. the camp- but was-
1: the design on that one was so unique because you have a play action bootleg and you got the orbit motion and you've got all kinds of eye candy pre-snap and there's all kinds of things going on there. You got the quarterback moving, you got Jennings with the quick underneath route and it's like you just put tons of pressure right at the snap on philly's defense and they folded right there so that i thought that was just an absolute pull it out of your
0: back pocket at the perfect spot right there in third and goal maybe the call of the game sometimes you know to to really find out what happened in the game you got to look deeper than the numbers show and you got to find what a lot of people refer to as hidden yardage very rarely is hidden yardage right there in a rushing total But that, to me, is where so much of the difference in this game was, Larry. I mean, the Eagles, one of their calling cards is how well they run the ball. 46 rushing yards for the Eagles yesterday. 46. That's it. 46 in a game that they were leading. So, I mean, when you're up, and they were only up, you know, six, but still, that's up, and that means you start running the ball. You're not as aggressive. You kind of go into what you do, and you, you know, you get out of the – These are the special pages of the playbook to go back to the, okay, this is our meat and potato pages of the playbook. There was no meat and potatoes for the Eagles yesterday. They couldn't get anyone going on the ground, Jalen Hurts included. And, I mean, the 49ers outrushed the Eagles 146 to 46 yards. Like I said, hidden yardage doesn't usually mean rushing total. but. A hundred, I had no idea, didn't think, would never even presume that the 49ers were going to outrun the Eagles by a hundred yards at Lincoln Financial Field. While Brock Purdy was also throwing for over 300 yards, four touchdowns. Debo Samuel was scoring three different times and again, just banging moms. And it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was as scary as the 49ers have looked all year. They're 42 points in three quarters, Larry.
1: Well, and not only that, I mean, the Niners pulled away with 14 in the fourth. So, I mean, it it wasn't like this game wasn't close. And from the outset, the Eagles led 6-0 at the end of the first quarter. It was an eight-point game at the half. The Eagles lost balance in this game. They had 45 passes and 18 runs. And they ran for 2.6 a carry. Go back and look at their box scores this year. They've been holding teams to 2.6 a carry and running for like seven a carry. I mean, DeAndre Swift was totally neutralized. He had six carries. He ran for 2.2 a carry. Gainwell, who's burned the Niners quite a bit in the past, was, you know, he had some nice catches. It's a really good backup running back, man. Yeah, he is. But I mean, 2.5 a carry. Uh, Boston Scott, two yards in his one carry, you know, so they didn't, nobody ran the ball effectively at all, but they didn't commit to the run either. You know, I think if there's one thing, if you're going to beat the 49ers, you got to commit to the run. And they didn't, they came out throwing the ball, um, and felt like the Niners, that was their advantage. And the Niner D stood up. I mean, the, the coverage on the back end was spectacular. I mean, let's be honest. Four weeks ago, two of the top three tacklers of the 49ers weren't even on the field. Uh, Jair Brown led the Niners with seven tackles. Greenlaw was second. He would have been first if he hadn't been ejected. Ambry Thomas was uh, technically second with six tackles, and he had three of the Niners' 11 passes defensed. So, I mean, Ambry and Jair – on the back end, played really solid football on the road as very young players. I mean, Brown's a freaking rookie, and Ambry is, you know, has, what, half-dozen starts to his name? I mean, he has barely played in his career. So, I mean, those are two young, talented defensive backs that stood up in the moment. To me, there was one thing that that I'm excited to talk to Wilkes about this week is how he felt his coverage unit stood up on the back end. I mean, if you look at those numbers, A.J. Brown was 8 for 114 and Devontae was 9 for 96. So it wasn't like they were shut down, but it was on 24 targets. I mean, they went at those guys a lot, you know, so they caught 17 and they and they didn't catch seven. So the, not bad numbers. And, and it seemed like when Hertz did drop back to pass, there were multiple times where he, there just nothing was, there was
0: nobody was open. So that's well, I a, mean. If you want to know how good good the secondary played for the 49ers, just watch all that time that Jalen hurts had in the pocket. And, And I'm going to tell you right now, every single zoom in on Lane Johnson, he's got a handful of jerseys. I don't think that there's any, offensive lineman that is allowed to false start and hold as often as Lane Johnson seems to get away with it, but no complaints, right? He's
1: awesome though, man. He's he's really that play where he just ragdolled Bosa at the point of attack. I mean, it was just, he's he's a a really good tackle.
0: He's a really good tackle. And like all really good tackles, you get away with a little bit of murder on your way to the hall of fame one day, you know, that's, it's kind of part of the position. And, But the the time that Hurts had, without him really even scrambling to extend that time, I mean, he is just sitting there like bouncing, just bouncing in the pocket, just waiting for something to pop open, and nothing comes open. And now, okay, it's the Niners, so I got to move a little here. I got to move around a little bit. And he moves to his second location, and now he's kind of bouncing over there, just scanning the field. He's on his you know, there's only four guys in the pattern, yet he's on his sixth read. I mean, he's looking anywhere to go with the ball, and there's nowhere to go with the ball, and that's a coverage sack. That is coverage. That is really good secondary play, and there is a, a clock of diminishing returns that Jalen Hurts did not have ticking in his head, and this is why he does take a lot of sacks, because there's a certain point where... He has kept that plate alive long enough to his advantage, but then the clock at diminishing returns comes in and all of a sudden the advantage is very much on the defense and you don't have anywhere to go with the ball. You're not going to just throw the ball away, which means you might put it into a little bit of a trouble area and, or, or, or Javon Kinlaw is going to fall down on top of you, which he did twice yesterday. So, um, I wouldn't even say it was a great day for the 49ers defensive line. They got their jobs done, and they maintained discipline. They didn't give Hertz the escape hatch, and that might have been the best part of Kasurik's game plan up front, Larry. They rushed as one. The escape hatch, which Jalen Hurts lives off of, really wasn't there for the taking in any one dramatic play or fashion. Sure, he got away a couple of times. That's what he does. But it wasn't a day of, oh, he's got nowhere to go, so here's Michael Vick on his legs, and you're in trouble. It wasn't that. It, w- it wasn't that at all.
1: Now, three sacks, nine hits on the quarterback. Uh, that, that you know, is I would say exactly the minimum of what they were hoping for. They got at least that. That was good. But the best thing, and Bosa said it early in the week, he said the key in this game is going to be for us to rush as one. In other words, you can't play tons of games. You can't play all kinds of looping stunts and twists. You got to kind of keep them hemmed in. You can't give them an avenue to run. They didn't. Right. I a mean, for the most
0: part. You yeah, you, I mean, you, he, a, you vacate a spot. That's where it hurts is going to go
1: well, and, and and he he did move at times, right? He ran seven times for twenty yards. He had the tush push touchdown, but he averaged two nine a carry. So I mean, that that's this guy can average fifteen yards a carry. Um, you know, he, he when he gets out, he can burn you for huge swaths of, of grass. So I mean, he they he didn't. So that to me, I thought the defensive lines uh, defending of Hertz was was really, really good because we know what he potentially could do. I also think there there's one aspect of this game that we're not talking about that needs to be talked about. The 49ers, you could say, if you wanted to, disrespected the Eagles last year. And to me, I didn't think of it as disrespect. The Eagles, I know, took took it that way. I took it as the 49ers really believed they had – a damn good team and a very good chance to win that game. The Niners were not coming to Philly last year to uh, just try to be impressive. They they came to Philly to win that game and felt like it was taken away from them. Then they then they didn't acknowledge Philly. They really kind of pointed to themselves inwardly and said, "Hey, we lost our guy and so and so so on and so forth." And Philly took that as huge disrespect. The Niners weren't going to be able to really serve their message and stay true to you know, what they've been unless they put one on Philly. If they lost this game, Philly would be like, quit your whining. If the Niners won a close game because of a play here or a play there, it would be like, yeah, okay, you got us this time, but you'll be back uh, for round two. But now the way the Niners reacted to last year's loss kind of starts to make a lot more sense. They're a whole lot better. Well, you
0: know? look, everyone, a whole is lot realized, better. everyone is beginning to realize what they've known all along, that Brock Purdy is a game-changing talent. I mean, a, a, lot of people, a lot of people don't want to admit that still. They say, well, he's just a system guy, and he's in the right place at the right time, and that's all he is. Well, it doesn't matter because there's nowhere else he needs to be. All he needs to be is right here playing for the Niners, and the Niners, when he plays that efficiently, start drifting the, into the lane of I don't think anyone's going to beat them. I mean, it, it just Ever, you know a lot of times this is
1: what happens though, Damon. When the 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 the, com, the prevailing wisdom is that you're not that good, and then suddenly you are good. There's initial pushback. Joe Montana, Niner older Niner fans remember this well. Joe Montana won a Super Bowl, and yet in 1984, he's being questioned as, yeah, but there's Marino's so much better and all the talk going into Super Bowl 20 or 19 was yeah Joe Montana's a nice little story but he ain't Dan Marino and cuz you look at Marino he's 6-4 look at Marino look at this arm look at this release look at these stats Marino Marino Marino
0: and look Marino for those of you who did not see him weren't old enough to know He was was that prototype. You would have taken Dan Marino over Joe Montana just based on a throwing session. I mean, it was remarkable. Mahomes
1: and Allen and Herbert all wrapped into one with better release, with an Aaron Rodgers release. And Don Shula and killer receivers, and right. so I mean he was he was the real deal. Balls my, fired out of his ear hole. Just, Boom. but I mean the same thing with Tom Brady. I mean Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, and there still were people who were like, "Yeah, system guy, product of the system." When Joe in the in eighty two eighty three, you know he's still being yeah, you know he's he's an athletic guy, but he's really fortunate to be in Walsh's offense. And Brock Purdy's gotten a lot of that. Yeah, he's. He's this, but, you know, he's got Shanahan and all these weapons. But in reality, at the end of the day, it's it's Joe was special. Tom was special. This kid is special. Now, I don't know if he's on special on their level, but I think he's good enough to win with. They feel like he's good enough to win with. That's really all that matters at this point. And uh, the kid just played. I mean, when you really think about it, 23 years old on that stage with that pressure in that environment to go in there, throw for 300 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, pretty damn good stuff. And I mean, there's a, no, I mean, that's pretty much, if I had said Friday guys, Purdy's rolling in, he's throwing for three bills, four touchies, no turnovers and they're going to route the Eagles. People will be like, what are you, his brother-in-law? You yeah, know you what I mean? Homer? Yeah. You freaking Homer. Your purdy, Stan. Well, guess what? That's what
0: happened. I'm telling you, it was really impressive. We'll get to just the facts of this game. But as your Eagles friends, as your friends who want to dismiss or say something snarky like, oh, congratulations on winning your Super Bowl in December, you just look at them.
1: We'll be back.
0: You, no, you just look at them and you tell them eight yards of play. Eight yards a play. The 49ers average. Is that, is that, uh, that going to shut them up? Eight yards a play, Philly. Eight yards. That means you're getting plucked like a chicken all afternoon walk. Eight yards per play, and that is with minus two yards, the total offense of the first quarter. So for three quarters, you got about as physically dominated and embarrassed as football teams are allowed to become in the NFL. I mean, that is just getting cooked. Purdy, by the way, if you want to go, well, what did he do yards per pass? 10.7. The 49ers averaged a first down per pass. 10.7, nearly 11 yards per pass, 8 yards per play, outrushed the Eagles by 100 and outscored them 42-19. to That's one of the biggest ever shut-the-hell-up wins in football in the last four or five years. It really, truly is. So, again, it, you know, when you when you win, say, little. When you lose, say, even less. It's not in the DNA of Philadelphia to do that. So you're going to have to come back with them at talking points. And you can get clever, and you can call Dom a meatball like I've already had. You can talk about Debo banging moms, which maybe is a little too spicy for some of you. So, here's Banging little-
1: moms. Welcome here's- to banging moms. Maybe that should be the new name of the show. Maybe not 49er wake up. Just call it banging moms.
0: It's, it's not 40, 49ers woke up after banging your mom. Well, it doesn't, you know, it's a little clunky, uh, but we can work, can work with it. Streamline it a little bit. <laughs> but
1: not. Cam, since, can you work it into the title? Uh, since Gabe Kapler. <laughs> excuse me. Not, not Hey, Gabe Kapler's got a job. Everybody. Gabe Kapler's got a job. Wait, did he? Oh, you didn't see that. He's the new Marlins assistant general manager.
0: Oh, so he'll be saying we need we, we need we need more platoons over here.
1: He's gonna be down on South Beach at some place going this the, the the salsa in this taco is so scrumptious.
0: It's transcendent.
1: I'll I will give this when you throw in the cabbage and the seafood and the seasoning with a little cilantro. I mean it is All right. fantastic. All right, Gabe. All right. <laughs> I give
0: give it a 46. I love it. Not since Pat Burrell was walking around Philadelphia, banging everybody's mom. No, but look, all you need to say, and this is appropriate for any and all age groups, no matter where you say it, you can say this on terrestrial radio, and no one's going to get mad. Eight yards per play. Philadelphia, shut up. Not even your security guard could come and rescue you. And I do want to talk about that. who's that guy securing, by the way? He was literally on the sidelines... He, he
1: he there was a cup there I, so I'm, when I'm watching the game again, I'm, there was a couple plays where he makes motions to like walking onto the field. I'm not talking about that play. I'm talking about other place like if you go back and watch the game, you'll see Dom inching
0: closer to the field he thinks he's part of the team larry i mean he that's thinks he's he on the team he thinks he's wearing a uniform he thinks he's a part of winning or losing and philadelphia i guess look now here's the thing i guess he sells t-shirts for autistic kids i guess there's a lot to like about dom i did do a little research on him dom i'm has, not saying
1: he's the world's he biggest uh you know i'm not saying he needs to be locked up i'm saying what's he doing on the sideline Who's Let's he take security? all non-essential. Yeah, I mean, if he's security, isn't he supposed to be wearing a yellow jacket facing the crowd instead exactly. of
0: he's? He looked like um, like somebody's uncle, like does who's think, got sideline passes. Does he think that some forty nine er or forty nine er coach is going to come running across the field and just start attacking Sirianni? Like you're not a body man on a president. You don't have to be on his hip at all times. It is kind of ridiculous, but he thinks he's special. Seen probably too many. He had an
1: earpiece.
0: He's a very large man
1: with an earpiece and he had a very nice Eagles
0: hat with an Italian flag on the side. That's a thing. And I, you know, the Italian flag, I called him a meatball. Some people are like, Damon, you can't disparage Italians like that. Oh no. Yeah, you can. And your, your, your uncle Vinny, your uncle Vinny wants you to grow up and stop being so soft. Oh my God. Once oh, again, I'm- one of the proud sponsors of the Krug show, the New York style Italian sausage. We love Italians. We love Italians enough to be able to make fun of them on this show when need would need be. And Dom, he ordered one. He ordered one like a chicken parm last night. We delivered it. What is he doing with his feet on the chalk? Just straight up. What is he doing with his feet? Who's he protecting? And then forget about where his feet are. Why are his hands on an opponent? Seriously, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Dre Greenlaw. (laughs) In what world is he allowed to touch Dre Greenlaw under any circumstances. Right. And why you would possibly
1: think that it was an equitable situation to, to throw out the other team's leading tackler in a game of that mag- magnitude and some security guy. They're both on the same level. So the security guy can put his hands on a on a player, but a player can't kind of point back and suddenly I mean it wasn't like he dropped him with a left or anything he was pointing and it like bumped into the guy's cheek and nose it it wasn't violence It wasn't like Dom was hurt at all so what are we doing here you're gonna kick Greenlaw off the out of the game like he's like Draymond Green with his 27th offense. I mean come on I know he's a hard hitter but he's hardly got a history of going at you know, sideline personnel in the middle right. of games. I've never the seen game- him
0: attack anyone holding a down and distance marker. <laughs> right. I mean, you're going to, you're going to
1: eject the 49ers leading tackler in a game of this magnitude. I mean, if the Niners had come back and, and gagged away the game, I mean, we'd be talking about that right there, that they're, they're leading tackler. I mean, what point of the game did he get ejected? So that was
0: Larry. Now, that was the guys,
1: beginning of the third quarter, and okay. he still wind up leading the Niners in tackles. That's how good Greenlaw was. He was on pace for like a 16 tackle night, and instead, he's Dom
0: and him left. Now, a lot of Niners fans are saying that Greenlaw didn't even deserve the penalty. I- I'll push back on that. We are our reputations. Dre Greenlaw slammed him down. Yeah. Dre Greenlaw is reputation on sideline plays is never going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He did suplex the player a little bit. He drove him to the ground. And again, d- guys named Dre, oh, guys named Dre coming out of San Francisco, get no benefits of the doubt from officials in either the NBA or the NFL. So I thought that the personal foul was totally, absolutely, you know, I was fine with it. No problem at all. But the them, uh come On, I mean, I just like the NFL. Get off the game. Get stop
1: involved. Stop interjecting yourself into the game. You know, just but that give him a penalty. Give him the penalty. The penalty is even borderline. But to give him the penalty and the ejection is really. That and, really was uncalled for.
0: And it came from New York, Larry. I mean, that's the thing. It was only on replay did he get ejected. It wasn't an immediate ejection. There wasn't a, an official on the field who thought this player's got to get run. Um, that came in from New York. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was really flabbergasted. I've been watching football my entire life, and I've I've never seen a, a non-essential member of a sideline affect a game i've, I've never, I've never seen, seen
1: i've never i mean we just watched jacksonville their leading tacklers at foysade Aluacan. yeah Aluacan. there there were fewer people who said his name in the broadcast than knew this guy's name immediately it was like big doms what and then
0: and immediately everybody knew his name he told ken where to go to to dinner and I yeah. guess we went to the, the, the restaurant that Dom recommended. Again, apparently Dom's a good guy. <laughs> Dom's, a,
1: probably like Dom's a hell of a guy, except he just can't keep his hands off of Trey Greenlaw in the middle of the game.
0: My grandmother would look at him, she'd call him, he's a good eater. Um, and, and, and good eaters know where good restaurants are. And I bet you Dom can point you in a lot of delicious spots. Where Wait a second, uh, G, our G chat Martin is knows G. Dom G. as
1: well, Damon. Our chat knows Dom. G Martinez is <laughs> Dom the wannabe West Coast Kings. Just a simple F Dom.
0: There you go. I'm pretty sure what I know what that means. I Me mean, feed F-dom. Dom, feed Dom. Is that what F Dom stands for? Look, I just I've never seen never. <laughs> <seen laughs> Butted. Dom thought the link was Sea World working as a whale. See, uh, again, we don't need to fat shame. And here's the thing someone's like, Damn, Dom, that's for Sirianni. Shame. These are my people. The fat people are my people. I'm one of these people. You can make fun <laughs> of your own. So, uh, Dom's got a couple pounds on me, but look at this, Larry. Get got, off the I, field. You're a security guard. What is it with Philadelphia security guards? It's like Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. I mean, they, they seriously like Philadelphia glorifies and thinks they got superheroes as security guards. I guarantee you this guy goes home and watches Unbreakable by M. Night Shyamalan and touches himself. <laughs> he probably sits there with a little Juergens and some clean necks looking at this security guard. Welcome. Welcome to begging
1: moms. Um, let me just say this. You're it's not Interactive. You know, have you ever noticed that they always talk about something and be like, and guess what little kids, boys and girls, it's interactive. Everything's now interactive. You don't just watch the all-star game. You vote for who you want uh, the manager to put in the game. It's interactive. Interactive is like the new buzzword that says that everything's a whole freaking tons better. Football is not interactive. Somebody tell Dom. Mike Baker, you two are absolutely on fire this morning.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Speaking of a fire report, Larry, how many you got in the room? I've got almost 600 in my little corner of the YouTube world. We're looking at close to 16 bills on this side. There you go. That means the two of us are pulling together nothing short of probably the biggest audience concerning the San Francisco 49ers you're going to find anywhere and we thank you very much for coming by 49ers wake up. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger, it is great to have you here. Hit like, hit subscribe. The channels are growing, the buzz is growing around what we're doing and the
1: chat we- is very classy over here too. We I mean Werewolves of Sanger said Dom bangs his own mom. See, we, There you go. That's a bit and There much. you go. And Marcelino <laughs> Martinez is banging Dom's mom. All right. There we go. I mean, this show is is you know what can you say? What can you what say? Would,
0: what would you say? Damon brings to the show, Larry. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: well, it's a different kind of a crowd.
0: <laughs> you don't really get this on the radio.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people. Uh, well, where's uh, where's the? Don't you have Annie baby with a? Uh, didn't she pound have like it, a?
2: Pound it, pound it, pound Thank it, pound you.
1: It.
0: That right thank there. You. Oh yeah, we got that. We, we got that. We absolutely got that. And look, what we also have is the 49ers in Philadelphia Sunday evening officially achieving. Maximum. Gail says, come on, you two. You
1: guys are better than mom jokes. Are we? Yeah. Are it's we right. really better than mom jokes? It's nothing think better than, about than mom that. jokes. Let's really think about that.
0: You can go back to a cave. You can see some hieroglyphics, and at the end of it, when you decipher it, you can realize, oh, that's a mom joke. Cavemen were making mom jokes.
1: Erwin Kwong says Dom's mom's better than Stacy's mom, who I heard has got it going on.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's the, the, Do you like that song? I have it on it, my Apple Music. Stacy's mom has got it going
0: on. It's a it's a painfully catchy song. You can't <laughs> you can't deny it was Mountains of Wayne. Is that who that is? Yes. Fountains yes. Of Wayne. Now that's a good poll. Now that is a deep poll. This Pauly is- Mac.
1: Pauly Mac. That's a Pauly Mac poll right there, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, we wish that Pauly is, Mack that is very, a Paul. That good. is a Paul Mac right there. Even Paul would be clapping on that one.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Are you ready to get to just the facts brought to you by Fountains of Wayne? Are you ready, Larry? Sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. And we all have right. we have 20 super chats to get to as well. So we all right. Probably, well let's we go to probably facts. let's get this, let's get this show rolling. And uh, enough mom banging and Dom banging. And let's just get – let's start talking some
0: ball here, okay? Here we go. First of all, Eagles fans – Need to just pipe down an awful lot this morning because when it comes to the rivalry between the 49ers and the Eagles, there really isn't one. The hammer and the rival are not nails, and the Niners improved to 22-14-1 all-time against the Eagles, including a 12-6-1 record on the Eagles' field and the 49ers have officially beaten the Eagles in the regular season four of their last six meetings. So Niners got an awful lot of ownage on this Eagles team. We're we'll calling the link Levi's East from Le- now on. That's, That's Levi's East. Totally. Uh, Brock Purdy completed 19 of his 27 attempts for 314 yards, four touchdowns. He finished with a passer rating of 48.8, and his touchdown total is now 23 On this season, not bad for a system quarterback picked with the last pick of the draft, if you don't mind me saying.
1: One thing that we also have to throw in there, Damon, because he completed 23 of his last 29. He went started 0 for 4. So that means after Brock Purdy's 0 for 4 start, Brock Purdy completed almost 80% of his passes against this Eagles
0: vaunted D. It's one thing to have that kind of completion percentage. It's another thing to have that completion percentage tied to an average of over 10 yards per pass. I mean, this guy is hunting big plays and still carrying a completion percentage that it's video game. Like, so that's so impressive. And you know, your joke, Larry, about link being Levi's East, there were more red jerseys in there. It almost looked like the Eagles were setting up the stadium for their Christmas picture. They got a lot of red and green and those are the (laughs) Christmas colors. Like I, I've never seen that many opposing fans at an Eagles game. I'm I'm dead serious about that. 49ers fans showed up and showed out in Philadelphia yesterday. They really did. It was it was the most impressive stadium takeover. It wasn't the most amount of fans you've seen in a stadium. Niners fans will take over stadiums down in LA. They did a nice job in Jacksonville. They they they'll, they'll take over stadiums. They didn't take over the link, but Boy, were they well represented. So that was I was really impressed by all that. Yeah. Back to no, Brock.
1: No. Brock I mean, and 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 by the way, we were talking about Purdy before. All of Purdy's five best games in his career as far as passing yards have come this season. And three have occurred in his last four games overall. How about
0: that? That's pretty good. Well, you want some how about that about Brock Purdy, Larry? I'd say I hope you're sitting down, but I see that you are. So let's just go. Brock Purdy's 70.4 completion percentage marks his sixth consecutive game with a completion percentage of 70 or higher, which is the longest streak of games with a completion percentage of 70 or higher by a 49ers quarterback since Joe Montana in 1989. So it's pretty good company to be keeping. It gets even better. Purdy has now registered four games this season with three or more touchdown passes and a passer rating of 140 or higher, which ties former quarterback Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for the most such games by a quarterback in a single season in NFL history. Okay. So Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have Brock Purdy standing in the same line in terms of, did you do this over the course of a season and Purdy has checked that box and with five more games could play, to still play who knows how many times he continues to check that box his five career games with a passer rating of 140 or higher in his first two seasons are the most by an nfl quarterback in their first two seasons in nfl history okay i mean so we're we're talking about a guy we don't know where it ends but the start is nothing short of historic And measurable against the best of the best of the best of the best that have ever played in this league or his position. One of the one one of one more time, one more time. Five career games with a passer rating of 140 or higher in his first two seasons are the most by any NFL quarterback over their first two seasons in NFL history.
1: Amazing, absolutely amazing, for a guy drafted with the last pick in the draft. And I'll say this, all this talk about, well, you know, how does he do? Can he lead a team back? Can he lead a team back in the fourth quarter? Ultimately, what are you saying? When you're asking that question, what are you saying? You're saying that when things are bad and the momentum's not with him, can he lift the team up and play great football and respond? And to me, yesterday was proof of that. The Niners start the game with consecutive three and outs. The place is howling. They're down six-nothing. People are, I'm sure, sitting there going, Brock Purdy's not rolling in here and doing it. How did he respond? 11-play drive. On the 11-play drive, he completes six of seven and then hits uh, IUK in the end zone to get the Niners on the board. Then how does he follow that up? 10-play drive. He goes 90 yards. He completes another four out of five um, before McCaffrey scored a rushing touchdown to close out the first half so you know how does Brock Purdy respond to adversity on the road tough environment you just saw it there an 11 play drive six of seven a 10 play drive four of five and the Niners go into the locker room up 14
0: six Larry, the 49ers offense scored a touchdown on six consecutive possessions, which are the most consecutive touchdowns scored by the team in a single game since 1992, okay? I mean, scoring six times in a row is rare in in a Big 12 game, much less an NFL game. The six consecutive touchdown drives, also the most – by any team since the Ravens put six together back in 2019, so you've got to go back several seasons to find any other NFL team who did offensively what the Niners did Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, almost an afterthought in all this was a really good game out of Christian McCaffrey. Again, unless McCaffrey is going like a buck seventy with three touchdowns. He's almost taken for granted at this point. He's like, it's, it like, of course, Steph Curry hit five threes. He does that every night. Well, that's what Christian McCaffrey's become. Christian McCaffrey, 17 carries, 93 yards, a touchdown on the ground, three catches, 40 yards, <clears throat> three catches, 40 yards through the air. He's got 17 total touchdowns on the season to tie Jerry Rice for the second most by a Niners player ever in a single season. McCaffrey is now over 1,000 yards. He's the first 49er to go over 1,000 yards rushing since Frank Gore in 2014. He's got five games left to play, Larry. He's over 1,000 yards already. Uh, Brandon, Ayuk scored. Wait, before touchdown. you move
1: off McCaffrey,
0: okay, his first touch wasn't until
1: 14:11 of the second quarter. How about that? First time Christian McCaffrey, who some people think is the MVP of the league, touched the game and touched the ball in the biggest game of the year wasn't until 14-11 mark of the second quarter. And, I mean, he finished with 93 rushing yards on 17 attempts, 12th rushing touchdown. You just said it. He eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark for the fourth time in his career, and he did it in just 12 games. Um, this guy is absolutely special and once the Niners got CMC rolling everything else kind of just just fell into place it was a beautiful thing Go look ahead.
0: there's there's a lot of guys on this team who could play themselves into the Hall of Fame McCaffrey's at the head of the class McCaffrey is going to be a Hall of Famer he's already done things that he's going he's going to the Hall of Fame that's who he is um and and it's just, you You set your watch by him just falling forward. This guy plays, again, it's it's like he's an accordion. He can get big, he can get small. He can run through a brig hole, he can run through a sliver. He You get him matched up on the wrong linebacker, you're in an awful lot of trouble, and you saw that on the dramatic play that he took the ball way down. I mean, he just cooked. I don't even remember who that was. Um, but the Eagles had a reputation for having slow linebackers, and, George Kittle took advantage of that yesterday. McCaffrey took advantage of that. And Kyle Shanahan took advantage of that. He he his extra days to prepare were clearly well used. You know, they really, really were. Ayuk. This I think it was Nicholas Moro.
1: Wasn't it? Wasn't it more? Or well, no, it, it was Christian I think it was Christian Ellis. It might have been Christian Ellis. It was either Moro or Ellis, and they got isolated on, on uh, McCaffrey, and
0: Purdy just threw a perfect dime, hit him on in stride. It wasn't even a wheel route either, but it sort of ended up like one where he just he so turned just the guy's a, hips around and just went.
1: Just a left flat, you know, it got iso almost like a like a hot route on the linebacker, just sprinting off the line of scrimmage and just ran right by the coverage. And uh Purdy led him right to the void. I and mean, that's the other thing, too. You're starting to see Brock look in such lockstep with these receivers. That when he can, when Brock can throw it to a spot and have a reasonable expectation that his receiver is going to be in that spot, how do you defend that? How do you defend a quarterback in lockstep with his receivers where they're throwing to spots and he's throwing, he's releasing the ball before the receiver is even breaking? I mean, it's it, it puts a ton of pressure on the D if you got receiver a receiver and a quarterback that locked in, and he's locked in them with like three or four different guys.
0: It just it all fit together perfectly. And it has fit together perfectly since Christian McCaffrey has shown up more than any other in season ad I've I've ever seen a team trade for. He has changed the DNA of Total. the 49ers dramatically. Brandon Ayuk has scored a touchdown now in four consecutive games for the first time in his career. He's the first 49er wide receiver to do it since Terrell Owens did it back in 2001, So it's been a really, really long time. Debo Samuel, three touchdowns in the same game for the first time in his career, four catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns in the air, three carries, 22 yards and a touchdown. And you and I both agree for the Niners to be at their very, very best. Debo is a centerpiece of that day's game plan. And he is just scaring the hell out of everybody who has to tackle him, has to track him. You put two versatile weapons. Like, I mean, I, it's crazy. You can take Christian McCaffrey and Debo and you can remove their, you can just scrub their positions right off of them. You can just call them football players. They do whatever that they do whatever the coach asks them to do. They can do it from any position on the field that isn't offensive linemen. I mean Debo had my favorite play of the game, I thought, was the tunnel screen. The
1: tunnel screen to Debo, where he went untouched, 46 yards untouched after the after the hurts uh, to Devontae smith touchdown made it 35-19 and the niners get it back with like 5 minutes left two plays in Purdy hits debo on a on a little tunnel screen and he races diagonally through the defense un freaking touched i mean and waving goodbye to everybody and i loved it too it's like hey man you called uh, James Bradbury trash. Yeah, I'm going to stand by that. Oh, really? We'll talk about it on Sunday. We'll we'll see you out there Sunday, I think is what he told Kay Adams. We'll, we'll see Sunday. And like it, it, The way the Niners talked a big game, they had to deliver not just a win. They had to deliver a convincing win to really be like, yeah, that's right. We were confident we were going to beat you last year. And we're confident we're going to beat you this year. And if we're back here, we're confident we're going to beat you again. So, I mean, well, it's like I thought it was the way the Niners handled all the talk and the way they delivered on the field was just a a beautiful thing. You can't you can't talk that game if you lose this game. You can't talk that smack if you win by a field goal. When you win 42-19, you can talk whatever you want to talk about it. You know what I mean? At that point, you
0: just keep on talking. Eight yards a play. Yeah, that's all you need. Eight yards a play. Eight yards a play means you're going to lose and you're going to lose by a lot. Just about every single time we play eight yards per play. Juwan Jennings, last bit of offensive. Just the facts. I want to slip in here because Jennings had a really nice game with three catches for 44 yards, a touchdown. His first re- touchdown reception of the season, only the seventh of his career. But Juwan Jennings is just a guy who understands his role. He knows his role. He fills his role on this team. Third and Juwan is real. That guy makes big catches to move chains. And he had a good game yesterday. He really did. Meanwhile, defensively for the 49ers, they held an opposing offense without a 100-yard individual rusher now for the 39th consecutive game. It is the longest active streak in all of football. Javon Kinlaw, I mean, let's hand him his flowers. He has been someone who has been doubted and counted out and has underperformed his draft status since the day he was drafted, whether it be injuries, hook, crook, ability, doesn't matter. For the most part, the light has not come on for Javon Kinlaw. It has come on a little bit this year, and it's shown its brightest Sunday when he finishes with a two-sack game. This guy doesn't sack a quarterback, but he had two uh, on Sunday in Philadelphia. And four
1: other tackles besides that. Um, so yeah, he was active. I mean, let's be honest. This was, you know, the one thing that was pretty clear to me, and I wasn't sure last year after the game, of course, cause we don't have that much contact with the players, but it was pretty clear after the way that Eric Armstead responded, the way that Kinlaw responded that the criticism, you know, some of these guys are big, bad guys, right. And, and nobody's bigger or badder than, than Javon Kinlaw. But you know, they hear the criticism and the criticism hurts. And he had an entire offseason to watch those highlights, people joking, he's getting kicked out of the club, and and everybody, you know, took their shots at him in the aftermath of um, of last year's NFC Championship game because there were some really bad plays, right? On film there, where Kelsey was kicking him out and he, he did he wasn't anchoring and he couldn't couldn't hold up on that knee. And he just looked really, really bad. And Kinlaw, you know, took a lot of that to heart. A lot of that it was really hurt him. Um, he's he is a kind of a sensitive guy. Uh, Armstead kind of even said it. He's like, "Hey, man, you know that that really got to Javon." And he, you know, it's like, so he came back this year with just a vengeance. The Niners did not pick up his fifth year option. That he doesn't even know if he's going to be on this team next year. Um. But he has put together the best year of his career thus far. He's battling. He's staying healthy. He's playing with leverage more than he's not. Um, he 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 had an incredible play last week on Thanksgiving that led to the Ambry interception, where he just absolutely ragdolled the center and waltzed him into the back of Gino and forced Gino to throw before he wanted to, and Ambry came away with the pick. And and Kinlaw's playing better, much better. And in this game, he he kept those feet moving. He made plays against the run. Uh, he got in the backfield. He was active. Very, very strong performance from Kinlaw. And I feel happiest in some ways for him because he got full redemption last night. I mean, he got full redemption. He was bad in last year's game.
0: He was good in this year's game. Look, he he is finally delivering on the promise of the draft pick you know he's never going to be a star but he's not buckner he he's he's going to occupy offensive lineman cuz he's a legit check you've got to check him and that opens the door for other guys to flourish around him and the formula when it works it really really works for the 49ers and this we need to come back i think to Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan in spite of the single worst and this is measure this isn't an opinion That's the worst opening quarter of Kyle Shanahan's entire life. Minus two yards, six plays run. He's lucky as hell to only be down six to nothing. But after that, Kyle called one of his best games he's ever called. And somebody even, Larry, on the post Six straight possessions, they scored touchdowns. I mean, that was... That was like 94, 49er-esque right there. Somebody asked me, do you think that Kyle was just using that first quarter to set up what he did later? No, 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 no. Kyle's mission is to come out and score right away, and he usually does. So that was not the, you know, I'm I'm not saying that something wasn't established in the first that might have paid off for him a little bit later, but there was really nothing that happened that benefited the Niners in any way offensively in that opening quarter. And look at what they did still with 42 points and all those yards and eight yards per play and nearly 11 yards per pass and all those touchdowns and, you know, just just punches and bunches. Um, when the Niners get rolling, they're a handful. And Shanahan got to do the Shanahan halftime special where he scores right before the half and then comes and gets the ball in the third quarter and scores right after. I mean, that Kyle... You want to talk about laying awake at night, having football fantasies. That's always right in the middle of Kyle's football fantasy. I want that wraparound score around the halftime. He got that. and just The Niners are so
1: comfortable in that mode that I think the advantageous thing to do if you're going against them is to make them as uncomfortable as possible and just don't let them get what they want, which is they want to kick it off and they want you to kick it off to begin the third quarter and they they feel most comfortable kind of scheming the game with that in mind and i just think that if i was going against them in a playoff game i'm just whatever if anything i can do to make them uncomfortable and i would try to force i would try to force them to have the ball first to start the game
0: no, well, again, and the Niners have responded by scoring more opening drive points than any other team in the NFL. So, if that's the poison that you choose, that could be enough to poison you. I mean, it's, yeah, the Niners got answers this year. They really do. The Niners got answers. And uh, they were on full display in Philadelphia. Larry, let's you and I come up with some answers for all these good people and the super chats. I see more are coming in. So, yeah, uh, we got
1: 26 sitting here. So, let's get through them right now. Take us through. Um it's an extravaganza on this. Um what what are we calling this show now? Banging moms. All no, right.
0: No, 49er wake up. 49er wake up 49er after wake you bang moms. Your mom. All right. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. What what's that say it again? Philadelphia.
1: Elite Archer 23. I was wrong. I thought Kyle would be conservative and take the ball out of Purdy's hands. Kyle is glowing as a coach, and I was wrong. I
0: remember, I
1: remember. How good does that feel? Or, How does that yeah. Elite Archer? I feel like Elite Archer, he gave us five dollars, but I think he took more th- than you
0: know, he got a lot out of that. Look hey, at that. You know, it's a
1: man the- who admitted he was
0: wrong. I, I I remember specifically on Monday when we did a special 49ers wake up ahead of the game of the year, him saying, I think this is gonna be a loss. And I said, "Well, just look. If you're wrong, show up on Friday and admit it." And he did. And Elite Archer, that. Elite Archer stock is going up on the Nasdaq this morning.
1: Look at that. Then that, maybe that's the theme of today's show. Call up or send a super chat, and let's all admit when we're wrong. Kakoa Ace says it took a tush push for Philly to score a touchdown. Coverages w- was as good as it gets. Uh, thanks for the show, guys. Keep up the content.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Look at one point before that tush push broke the the seal of the Eagles scoring a touchdown offensively in this game. The 49ers hadn't allowed an offensive touchdown going back like seven full quarters. They didn't allow a single offensive touchdown against the Seahawks. And you had to go back to the opening minute, the opening minute of the fourth quarter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game to find the last offensive touchdown they allowed. So they basically almost shut out the, because uh, the, 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 it was the opening minute of the fourth quarter. So they play, the rest of that fourth quarter against Tampa Bay without allowing a score, they don't allow an offensive touchdown up in Seattle. And the first two quarters, two and a half quarters of, of the Philadelphia game, they don't allow a touchdown. This is a, it's funny. We all know how good this defense is, and it's still underrated all at the same time.
1: I love, you know what I love the most about the tush push? They scored their tush push touchdown. Green law's ejected. There's, you know, whatever they score in less than five minutes, Niners get it back five plays later, Debo, 48 yards. It's 28-13.
0: It's the biggest answer answer of the NFL season. It's the biggest answer touchdown of the season, and I honestly think it might be the biggest touchdown Debo's ever scored in his career.
1: What a great moment, though, for the Niners. You go from the place is rocking, Debo's, I mean, uh, Greenlaw's ejected. They think they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. And next thing they look up, it's 28-13, and Debo is waving bye-bye. That was dramatic. Uh, Ernest Angulo says, Super Sticker. We'll Thank take you, it. Ernest. Love the Super Sticker. Always been a fan. Hutch Serves Gaming, the mayor of Murfreesboro, jumps in with a ninety nine. He says, Purdy equals MVP, nuff said. Most valuable Purdy at the very least. Will they be talking MVP for Brock Purdy nationwide today? Yes, they will. will they be giving Brock his as he some will some will some, some will.
0: will look at it this way. what will your buddy point? Nick Wright
1: be giving him his what talking not.
0: points No probably not. but what what talking points would anyone have to tell you what Purdy isn't right? what, what are you gonna do? what are you gonna do? you're gonna go back to the three game losing streak, which might as well be a year ago. And by the way, in that three-game losing streak, he put his team in position to win that Cleveland game. It was a missed field goal, and in the other two games, even though he did throw those interceptions, he also passed and threw for more than you know seven hundred yards over two games with the completion percentage over seventy. If was you were at those enough,
1: games, you would claim that Brock Purdy was the best player on the field against Minnesota and Cincinnati.
0: Right, but you know all <laughs> and all anyone understands are their preconceived notions and who won or lost. So
1: he's losing games people calling for sam darnold how 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 how? by the way how does that look right now just close your eyes and think of people who were calling for sam darnold just think about that think about that for a second
0: He's a great that, human victory cigar let's let that
1: one sink in there wasn't within the last 30 days people have been calling for sam darnold who just just i'm just saying who called for Sam Darnold?
2: Who?
1: Let's just let's just
0: Who said that? I'm just saying. Who said that?
1: I'm just
2: saying. Who
0: said that? People that's have a- said it. People have said it. Somebody must be really
1: Loyal Chaos says Niners decked in black getting off the bus was fire. Yeah, it was like it was like they were throwing a funeral for the Eagles. Put on the yep. murder gear. They looked like uh, they looked like part of Tony Soprano's crew getting off the bus.
0: More more than Dom did, to be totally honest with you, when it was all said <laughs> and done, I could see
1: Dom at the bottom. Bing, uh, Krug and Bruce disciple says Siriani should be ch- should have changed the Italian flag on his visor to a white flag. Surrender, surrender. Once again, you're wearing a visor. How much trash can you talk while wearing a visor? Um, Here we got cryptic What do Niners have to do To keep momentum going And not get too high off this win With five games Ravens is the next test But even they had slow starts
0: I'll tell you cryptic I think the Niners got the perfect opponent coming up. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's gin up the blood. As much as any team in football, it's still a big rivalry, and that's a division game, and Kyle's going to want it, and this team's going to want it, and they're going to think that they can get it at home. And I love that it's Seattle up next. I think it's going to benefit them. I actually – and What's after that? With Seattle, then it goes, what, Arizona? As as was Washington, Arizona? Or
1: Arizona-Washington-Baltimore? I don't know exactly how it all shakes out. Because, I mean, I I do agree with you. I think that Seattle's the perfect opponent because they always get up for Seattle.
0: And you know what? I think the Eagles got the perfect opponent, too. You and I talked about this on your postgame show last night for a minute, Larry. The Eagles got the Cowboys coming up next. And the Cowboys are going to have a little bit of an rest advantage on the Eagles and the Eagles are licking their wounds for the first time all year, but that's the right team because the Eagles are going to be way up to play the Cowboys a division rival. Now, all of a sudden the one seed, which you thought when you were 10 and one was all, but in the barn looks a lot different. And if you lose to the Cowboys, it's going to feel a lot different. So um, are they going to lose to the Cowboys? I mean, I I
1: personally think they're going to beat the Cowboys, but um, but a lot of people feel like the Cowboys are better than I'd think they are. So Look,
0: the Cowboys are officially cooking offensively right now. And Dak, if if Dak played his worst football against the 49ers, the football that Dak has played since the Niners game has been among the best football of his career. And he is an easily over-criticized, underrated talent. He really is. Dak is pretty damn good, man. He's not bad at this. No, you you could argue he's getting, he's climbing that MVP uh,
1: conversation, the way he's playing right now. I think that- No no Niner fan fears Dallas, though.
0: No, no, and, and you shouldn't. The Niners have earned that, and the Niners have also earned the right to not fear Philadelphia anymore. But, I mean, a healthy fear. They'll always maintain a healthy fear because that's what good coaching is, and they have a very, very good coach. Uh, Cryptic says, can the Niners also continue to blow out teams for number six? Again, Larry, I don't, don't want to hear a word about the postseason until we're there. I don't. I really don't. I don't want to hear about the Super Bowl it's or seating for or six. Just, yeah, I, I, know what it, I know what six means. You got six more games or five more games. Five yeah. more games is a football lifetime. That's half a season almost to football. So um, there's a lot of football left before you can even start thinking about a postseason.
1: I hear you. I hear you. one at a time, one play at a time, one play at a time. I know that's what that's the player's mindset. I asked uh, Fred Warner about that a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, what is your guy's mindset coming out of the bye week? And he's like, we're not even thinking one we're not even thinking you know, one game at a time. We're literally thinking, one play
0: at a time. You know and what I was thinking last night? One mom at a time. <laughs> Todd Mickle or Mickle? yeah, Mickle says, Larry, third quarter, out and
1: up, Purdy made to McCaffrey on the sideline. Please comment. Great touch. Yeah, we already talked about that play. I mean, it, he released off the line of scrimmage. He had ISO'd on the linebacker. Purdy recognized the ISO, threw it to a spot. It wasn't really, as Damon said, it wasn't a true wheel route. It was literally just McCaffrey sprinting to the void um and on that second level and Purdy dropping it in his
0: lap it was a thing oh, of he beauty got, he got right over the, his right shoulder it felt like a wheel route because he was between the the defender's back shoulder and the sideline right i mean he just he found that negative space and i don't know what route got him there but it was it well, was like a, a wheel beautiful. route would be the wheel route would be the equivalent of the out and the up, right? So you, you know,
1: you turn over your left shoulder, you put out your right hand, you're running the out pattern. And as soon as the DB bites, you flip around and you turn, you put out the left hand and you get up the field by three or four steps. And that's your classic wheel. But he, this wasn't a wheel. This was like a free release off the line of scrimmage, sprinting directly to the spot. And he just, He just threw it over his shoulder, but it was the kind of touch throw that was beautiful because it hit him in stride. I mean, that's the one thing that Brock Purdy does, and he does it routinely, and he makes it look like, oh, yeah, anybody can do this, and anybody can't do that because we watch Jimmy and Kaepernick and others really struggle to throw the, the pass out of the backfield that keeps to the runner in stride. And Joe Montana hit everybody in stride. So wait. we like, got used to it. Like, oh, yeah. You know, quarterbacks just hit receivers in stride. Then you went to Steve Young. Steve Young struggled with it. Eventually, Steve hit everybody in stride. But then you get to that next group of lesser quarterbacks over the last couple decades, and you realize hitting a receiver in stride is an art form that many mediocre quarterbacks just can't conquer. And they don't do it with any consistency. Now you got Brock, and he's doing it routinely and he's making it look like he's putting that ball on Jawan Jennings hands in the flat. How about that one on the sideline where the coverage was tight and he just put, it was an out pattern, put it right on his hands. Wasn't high. Wasn't low. It was literally right where his hands were right. As he turned around, just a two feet outside the, outside the reach of the defender. I mean, Brock can throw guys open who are covered If he just has a little bit of space, his accuracy in the short and intermediate stuff is really fun to watch.
0: Look, there's no football offense from Pop Warner to high school to college where hitting your receiver, your target in stride isn't important. But in the Niners offense, in the context of all of this, it's built to to be sprung open with yards after a catch. It's doubly important in Shanahan's offense, that you're hitting guys in stride. So they are just at, they're just going full freight train when they, as soon as they have the ball. And that is part of the reason why Brock Purdy is the perfect quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. He puts the ball where it's needed. He puts the ball in stride. He protects the ball. He makes the right decisions and he just does what the coach asks him to do. And Shanahan wants a yes chef quarterback and he's got one. And when he has to go off schedule, he's got enough wiggle in him to make that play work too. I mean, it really is. If Kyle could have drawn up the quarterback he needs, he might've drafted Trey Lance, but the guy he needed was Brock Purdy. And God he ran he, into him.
1: He drafted Purdy too. Yeah, Uh, This is why I love YouTube, because the the people in the chat are so educated. This is a great one. Jason Lutz, thank you, sir, for this great uh, super chat. He said, what was the biggest surprise yesterday? Who is the unsung hero? Do we have a glaring weakness on the 49er team? Also, who's got it better than us? Thank you, Jim Harbaugh, (laughs) um, who said that, by the way, on the stage for the Michigan Wolverines after they won Saturday night over Iowa in the shutout fashion. Uh, who's got it better than us? Harbaugh was just he's like the hardest guy to interview. Klatt was doing a nice job. He wouldn't face the camera, he wouldn't give him a straight answer. He's just he's just like a he's like a like a like a 4-year-old who's like hopped up on Mountain Dew who's like you know he just can't st- he can't he's just wiggling and he can't st- stand you know stay, stay stay solid and answer a question and just be normal. He's got a He's constantly pushing other people in front of the mic, and he's—it's weird watching Harbaugh interact on the on a stage when people are trying to interview him. Is just so bizarre.
0: Can we be um, honest about who he is and what he is? He's nuts. When We, we did
1: an interview he, with him. He was nuts. Remember the interview in the draft room? Yes. we were asking him basic questions. Jim, what do you like about AJ Jenkins? And it was like clear as day. He'd never seen him. He's like,
0: yeah, uh, he—he's he, he, uh, uh,
1: in the good conference. conference, and uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, the guy's got uh, you know, some guys run well and some guys run really well. And this guy runs really well. Uh I mean it was like that kind of a thing. It was like he's a football player and he's a player that's a plays football. You can and, tell right away
0: uh, he didn't like the pick. You could just feel yeah, it. You just steal it in the room. And I didn't like the pick either, and that's all well documented. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, look, Harbaugh's a beautiful asshole. It's who he is. <laughs> he's a beautiful asshole. He's a There's he's a, a he's a good coach. But he he's is. annoying as coach. hell. He is going to get under everybody's skin. He's going to wear out his welcome for most people in five years. For those diehards, to wear out his welcome in about ten years. You get twice as long with them. But college is perfect for him because they graduate. Right, right, right. Players. By move the time on. you're tired of his, his, his,
1: you know who's got it better than us routine, you're. It's time to move on to the, your next stage of life. But Look, who, did, who's did the biggest surprise? Jason. Jason wants to know who is the unsung hero. Who is your biggest surprise? And do you think the Niners have a glaring weakness? What do you think?
0: Go for those two, Damon. Uh, So here's uh, the biggest surprise yesterday is the dominating fashion of the win. The unsung hero yesterday is Jair Brown, who got cooked a couple of times, but kept in there. And I just think that this kid who has just been thrown into the fire with a lot of responsibility taken over for Hufanga has done a great job. A lot of shows today won't even bring up Jair Brown. So I think that checks the box of unsung hero in this game for the 49ers. And he didn't have the definitive play. He was just solid all afternoon long, really. And the glaring weakness in my mind, Larry, this might be unfair. You know, I told you that Ray Ray McLeod wasn't getting it done on punt return. I wanted to see someone else. Ronnie Bell nearly fumbled a ball back yesterday on a punt return that would have given the Eagles enough momentum for them to think maybe we're not out of this. Luckily, that ball bounced out of bounds. I think the glaring weakness is punt return on the 49ers. Now, if you honestly had to come up with a team's glaring weakness, punt return is maybe the least damaging because it's it's such a you know, of all the plays in a football game, the punt return will probably among the be among the least of them. But boy, when they go wrong, it can really turn a game around. And it's to the point where, hey, maybe just just fair catch everything. Like instead of almost turning the ball over, you had Ray Ray almost turn the ball over a week ago. You had Ronnie almost turn the ball over this week. Come on, guys, just just fair catch the damn thing and let the offense go to work. Um, as far as unsung hero,
1: I'm going to, I love your Jair Brown, by the way, led the team in tackles. That's a great one, but I'm going to go with Ambry Thomas because I think Ambry Thomas has been, you know, he's been in the depths of man. He's not playing. You can't trust him. Bad pick. He's a bust. So on and so forth. Third round draft choice. Uh, you know, Adam Peters supposedly banged the table loud for Ambry Thomas, um, and now you're seeing him play great ball. And I talked to him last week. Uh, I loved his his mindset. He'd gone up against Devontae in college, Devontae Smith, and felt confident. He had three passes defensed. Uh, he played with poise. He stayed aggressive. He made six tackles. All six of them were solo. I, I think Ambry Thomas was the unsung hero. As far as biggest problem spot, I'm going to say right guard. I was was there a reason that Feliciano didn't play? I never heard one given.
0: Um, I uh, you. I mean, you'll you'll find out more about it this week when you're down yeah. at headquarters. But Spencer I to, Burford
1: is still struggling. I mean, he he had a false start. He just he's just a, Spencer Burford has to get it dialed up and has to get better fast if he's going to be the starter at right guard. I'd I say, say right, right guard is a
0: player in the making. It just it's hard to make good guards in this league as young as he is in his career. Yeah.
1: But I mean, they, they got it. He's got to figure out a way to just, you know, just minimize his mistakes. I mean, you're on a you're on a line where if you can do your job, I mean, he in a lot of ways, he's physically the prototype. Um, and I thought McKivitz played pretty well at times at right tackle. And I think Brendel did a decent job inside. I mean, here let's talk a little bit about I mean, I didn't hear Jalen Carter's name mentioned. Did you hear Jalen Carter? Jalen Carter had three tackles, two solo. He had no sacks, no tackles for loss, no hits on the quarterback.
0: The only time I really he stood out in the in the broadcast is when they cut away to Sirianis. Like he's trying to calm his player down. Like that's the only time he really stood out in the game. So I'll tell you the left side of that offensive line, the job that Williams and Banks did yesterday, that's where so many of McCaffrey's runs went. You can see. Now, maybe it's avoiding Darius Slay, but Purdy peppered the left side of the field all day with his targets and his completions. So they found something to the left, and they just kept hammering it all all afternoon. Yeah. Um, good call. Ju-
1: Ju- uh, Jube Jackson. Jube Jackson. Jube Jackson. In a couple of weeks, Seattle can do some of the things the 49ers did to Philly last night. Pete is a good coach, DK, KW3, and Scrappy D, number one spot.
0: Well, he's, like, he's, he's saying that What's that? He's saying the Seahawks could take out the Eagles. Here's the deal. Yes, they could. I mean, it's in any given Sunday league. Anyone can jump up and bite anybody. The Eagles have done a great job all year long keeping that bite at arm's length. Again, you got to respect 10 and one. That's
1: right. They get the, so Philly's schedule is at Dallas at Seattle. Then they go giants, Cardinals at
0: giants to finish. It sounds like three in a row to wrap it up. So the, it has to happen in the next next two weeks. weeks. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of the Niners remaining schedule, Larry, it's going to be easy to remember. We're going to give everybody a little path to remember the remainder of this schedule. It's all birds. You go Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, and then it's Commander's Rams. So you got to get all the birds out of the way, and then you got Commander's Rams at, at wrapping up the year. One week at a time.
1: One week at a time. Mike Baker threw this one before, but he says you two are absolutely on fire this morning. Thank you, Mike, from Thank that you, one Mike. earlier. Greg Argisi says, Guys, did you hear Bradley Copper, Stallone, and Dopey Dom went to Geno's and cried. In their cheesesteaks, lol. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The goat Montana is 100%. It.
0: I heard the uh, Bradley Cooper Leonard Bernstein movie is going to be very good. He actually learned. He like took three to five years of like learning how to conduct an orchestra for like ten minutes of of footage in the actual movie. So I'm I'm, I want to see it.
1: Damn, that's a lot of work.
0: It's a lot of Atlanta.
1: Three says Dom Siriani. They are my po- they are my paisans. You're so mean spirited, Larry Tate and I have a. Class. Excuse <laughs> me. What just...
0: you're reading that in the wrong voice, Larry?
1: Okay, hold on a second. I'll do it in my.
2: Damn, Sirianni. They are my paisans. You're so mean spirited, Larry Tate and I have specific interests. You're just mean spirited, Larry.
1: <laughs> there you go, That's my Mailed Ralph Barbour. Nailed it. it. You. That
2: was a good. That was an excellent one, there, Larry.
1: Nice job, Larry. Uh, big—that's our Trent Balky. Big Dog ninety-eight. Dom Bang, Dom Bangers after every Niner game.
0: I, uh, was that supposed to be Mom or do? I don't know? But thank you very much, big dog. big dog. Big Dog
1: D A W G. The Dogs got left out of the college football playoffs. Uh, Dale five dollars. We only played three quarters, boys, and put up forty-two. Just saying. Seriously, could have hung half a hundred on you. We played for, showed up for all four. What's Philly radio sound like this morning? Atlanta says third and Jawan, a man's play. Yeah. Jawan Jennings. Juwan Jennings is just a beast. He
0: could have absolutely also qualified for the unsung hero of the game.
1: Seriously. Juwan Jennings is just, by the way, there's another, there's another money play.
0: player. I don't know why it just came up to me, but George Kittle had a play that was a perfect design on the little pass that he caught out in the flat after he put a really nice chip block on Hassan Reddick, and then he got lost in the action of the, the block on Reddick, and Kittle just takes it and goes, you know, 18 yards and gets them into a first and goal situation. Kittle had a a, a a day that didn't stand out like a sore thumb. So maybe you could even say he had a little bit of an unsung hero day.
1: Oh, Damon, I, I think you're you're missing the biggest part of Kittle's day. He went two hands on the ball in traffic. He went Larry Zonka, you know, full on. Yeah. Both hands around the ball in traffic. I mean, that level of, I mean, that right there is awesome. I love seeing that. That's just a guy who wants to win. When you're putting two hands on the ball, it's like, you know, I I know you guys are going to try to punch it out. I ain't giving it. I ain't giving you that. Makes sense, donates $11.67, a very specific donation. He says, Kyle is on his knees, praying to the Lord, saying, thank you, Jesus, for your holy blessings of Brock Purdy, who loves my plays as he learns them, running my offense like a surgeon. Yeah, you think Kyle uh, likes Brock Purdy? You think? Ky- Do you see Mike Shanahan said that the first time he saw Brock Purdy in practice, he was like, he knew he was
0: special? I mean, I, I wonder how how much of that is revisionist history. It's a lot easier to say that now, but maybe I mean maybe, maybe maybe that's what that's what a coach's eye tells them instantly and and us lucky to just be watching types need to to see a little bit more. but maybe that's the difference between I'm an NFL coach and'm I'm a, I'm a guy talking on YouTube. Gold Rush says, would love for you both to do live
1: coverage. Well, this I is mean, live. This is I, live. I think he means like you're in the middle of the game. Uh, yeah. You know what? Then I, then I can't sit there and enjoy it with my 14 year old. Davis says everyone should really soak up and enjoy these days because in the future, we will look back on this team as one of the three greatest of all time. Purdy was a gift from the football gods. Love the enthusiasm. (laughs) Slow down. I love Mm -hmm. how, I love how this guy was like. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He's got a rag arm. He's dink and dunk. He can't get it done. He needs. We
0: need Trey. 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 And here we are. Was Davis not, big in the Trey camp? We're not even. What's that? Was Davis big in the Trey camp? I don't. I don't. Like I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. It. I'll say this. Look, do soak it up. Do enjoy these days. Is this team about to become one of the three greatest? Fo- so it's, we're going with what? You know, 85 Bears. 94 Niners and this Niners team, I don't know. You know, let let's find out. There's a lot of football left. You're going to put the 85 Bears as the greatest team of all time? It's still the measuring stick of excellence that every team is weighed against
1: on defense.
0: Right, but that's enough. They had enough of that to didn't matter who your offense yeah. was. Yeah. They would was, just win.
1: I don't know if the 85 Bears are the greatest team of all time, but I but I but I do think it's the greatest defense I've seen, bar none. Let's not even have a discussion. People, I mean, and I love the 2002 Bucks, the 2000 Ravens, the 75 Steelers, the you know Seahawks, uh, you know 2013. You know, pick whatever defense you want, but the 85 Bears are the standard bearer, standard bearer for D.
0: What are you talking about? Yeah. What are you I mean, talking
1: about? It was a magical year. Oof. It was a magical year. Um, one that's what happens when you have one of the great GMs, Jim Finks. And one of the great defensive coordinators, Buddy Ryan, and all that talent came together at the right time. Amazing. All of a sudden, you looked up and you're like, this is unfreaking believable.
0: Bazzi Mian says, Niners dressed in black for the Eagles' funeral. Not you a super Trent, you played it last night on on your post game, Larry, where Trent came out and looked like he had just gotten back from a gangster's funeral. I mean, he had shades dressed in black. He had the black fisherman's hat on. He looked like he had just murked like three or four dudes, oh, yeah, let me see. i can I can dial up the Trent. Yeah, Trent yesterday had the
1: look uh, that was just just phenomenal at the press conference. He just he just, you know, he had the black leather coat. He had the, Sweet leather
0: hat. I mean, he just looked, I mean. The only thing he didn't do at the podium was sell three and a half keys of cocaine to Howard Eskin. I mean, like he just looked like he looked like he had just done some real criminal shit. This isn't
1: him talking, but here is, here is a little bit of the Niners yesterday walking in and you can see this here. Hold on. Here we go. First you got Debo. Look at that leather. You Did he ride
0: a motorcycle? Fred. You got the There's big Black. Trent. Look at that. Black. Look at that. Black. They do that's that's not coincidence. They went in there. They went in there to put a team to sleep.
1: <laughs> they were they wanted to uh they wanted to show they were for real yesterday and they showed it. They showed it in a big bad way. Let me see if I can find that Trent for you, woman, before we before we move on, because I do want to find it. I had it yesterday here. I, if I can get Trent talking, he was really good on the podium last night. And the thing about Twitter is everything's so
0: deep in there that uh, I may have to go right. Through. You're scrolling, scrolling. Forget about it. Forget it. It's just basically right. Trent Williams is a badass. You've learned nothing new. You knew that. <laughs> there you
1: go. Flaves in the house. He says, anyone know what Sirianni apologized for or said at the end of the game? I assume it had to do with the Greenlaw thing, but but wonder what was said. Yeah, hey, Kyle, um, I know we got this big dopey uh, security guy, and I know he made contact with your guy. I'm sorry your best defensive player got ejected in the middle of you destroying us, and I can only imagine that you guys probably would have hung 50 on us and really embarrassed us if, if your best defensive player didn't get uh, taken out of the game. Uh, and you're leading tackler, but hey man, we're we're cool, we're cool. Something like that.
0: I mean, look, Sirianni is right to apologize for that because it was an embarrassing moment for the Eagles. Do we know that he apologized at all? I think he did. did I he? think there was a little bit of a sorry about that. It looked like it going on. I don't I don't know. Sorry about Big Dom. He's just
1: uh, you know, yeah, what can we say? Tom got a bad
0: chicken parm. He was upset all day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, seriously.
1: Tom didn't didn't get the Philly cheese that he wanted for lunch, and he was in a bad mood. Uh, Bobby G916 says, Kyle got too cute in the first quarter, and that could have come back to bite them. The adjustment, Debo. He needs to run the ball out of the backfield five to eight times a game. Yeah, Debo as a runner is probably as dangerous as Debo as a receiver. I love Debo. In anything where he has three to five yards or three to five steps of momentum, he reminds me of kind of a, like a, a more physical version of Terrell, Terrell Owens um, when he's got three steps. Like Debo, I think, is pretty ordinary as far as a route runner. I, I think his hands are good, but nothing special. His route running's good, but not special. His separation ability is good, but not special. Where he's special is when you can get him three, the ball in his hands with three steps of momentum. Then it's like nobody wants any. Nobody wants to tackle that guy when he's got three to
0: five steps of momentum. You just don't want it. He's he's a better football player than he is a wide receiver. And I mean that with all due respect. I really do, but he is a
1: beast of a runner. I mean, you don't want to try, you don't want to try to tackle him. He's just, he's a tremendous runner at 225 pounds. Uh, Dale says took three 49er flags to score on the tush push. Yeah, there were penalties there, weren't there? Uh, Flav says Cowboys line went from minus two and a half to minus three and a half against Philly next week. Dallas is favored by three and a half. I don't think they've lost at home Larry. Oh, I know I know they're and they're explosive. Niners are 12 and a half point favorites, by the way. It's Tom Riley member. became a YouTube member. Little little clap for Tom Riley. Look at Tom. And you too can be a YouTube member. Uh, before we go any further, let's shout out our 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 channels and our sponsors. Damon's got over 10,000 now on uh, YouTube. Just crested the 10,000 Hill.
0: Larry, can we can we update you? 12,400 12,400 we have we have added wow 2500 subscribers in the last 5 days wow that's unbelievable it's it it it's really something that's it's this is without a doubt the week that the channel took a step forward and i'd like to thank the eagles for that everyone came for an awful lot of attention and i'll tell you what also happened larry you had a radio station drive their audience to me in a way that they should be very regretful for i mean that knbr after you and i did a video after i did a video after the layoffs and the latest developments for terrestrial radio you the- were the
1: benefit of yeah. the of the of the of the knbr unhappiness without a doubt
0: knbr pushed a significant portion of their audience my way and um and i thank them for it They're really they're they're just not good at this. Thank you. Uh, And I'm
1: I'm sitting now at twenty nine thousand three hundred and forty seven. We passed twenty nine thousand on Friday, so we picked up three hundred and forty seven just since Friday.
0: Oh, Larry, I do have another milestone to share. Guess what? I woke up and saw this morning. What's that? I joined the million club. I've got a million views on the channel now. A million. Finally passed a million. Now you. You put a million views together every two weeks, you monster, you. But I, I'll get there eventually. Give me a little time to catch up with you. But thank you so much for all you've done, Larry. You and your uh-huh. audience have helped me grow my channel tremendously. And it means an awful lot. And with all joking aside, I, I I really thank you for it. You've been a friend and a mentor in some really hairy times in my career there. And and it's meant a lot. And, and I don't like getting sincere or being too nice because it kills the image.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Think, Seriously, I mean, you're fucking soft. Goddamn soft. No, uh, <laughs> no, but now, seriously, everybody hit a like and subscribe on this channel. Hit a like and subscribe on Damon's channel. Uh, I'm at 29,348. We had 1.5 million views of our videos and live streams in the last four weeks alone. Almost 250,000 watch hours of Krug Show content, and we've picked up close to over 2,000 subs. Uh, in the last 28 days. So not 2,500 in a week, like Damon, but 2000 in a month. And the thing just keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. So thanks to everybody. Thanks also to New York style, Italian sausage, Marin auto glass, and pig and a pickle. The best barbecue in all of Northern California. Make sure you join Damon and I on the 17th. We'll be at pig and a pickle for Niners Cardinals that afternoon from one to six o'clock. I'll be there hanging out. Kev, my entire family will be there. Uh, we'll be ha- having some barbecue. We'll be watching some football, and we'll do our post-game show after Niners-Cardinals from Pig and a Pickle. And uh, Damon, the owner of Pig and a Pickle, very excited for it. So the 17th of December. Join us, kind of like an open house. Stop by, maybe go do some Christmas shopping or or watch the Niners Niner game with us from Arizona, and um, and then hang out for the post-game. Love to see you all there. So you got lot- you're all
0: invited. <laughs> Lots of demons in your life right now, Larry. A lot of yeah. demons in your life, in your YouTube life. Um, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great event. Looking forward to it for sure. Um, and again, before you get to Pig and a Pickle, get yourself to Ike's. Go get an Ike sandwich. My man is trying so hard to feed you and bring Shohei Otani to San Francisco. What more do you he want? Is. What more Seriously. do you want?
1: Ike has giving up the name of his place, at least one of them, uh, to Shohei. And given Shohei an offer of free lifetime sandwiches, Shohei will make his decision this week. I'm hearing he's the Ike's offer is weighing heavily on his mind. Uh, Greg Arghese, he says, You guys are Niner fans. Are you guys Niner fans? 84 Niners, 89 is the greatest.
0: Look, those um, are great Niners teams. The, the team that I saw in college, though, to me, like just 94? Yeah. I mean, Merton Hanks, that Dion defense and Steve at the apex of his powers. I just, I mean, you're, you are you know, which rose out of the bouquet of Niners excellence do you want? I mean, there's a lot of good options there. Then- I'll go 89. I'll okay. go 89. Right. I think 89 is because, you know, the thing about 84,
1: Jerry wasn't on that team. Right now. So how do you not have Jerry and right? 89 was 55, 10 in the 89 Super Bowl. Eighty nine was 55, 10 over Denver. So got to go 89. That team had Joe Montana, Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, on, I'm Jerry, on while I JT, Brent Jones, Killer D. I'll go 89, but they're all damn good. Um, we got this one from Jomo. He says, hit the hit by Demo. My goodness. Hashtag cry Eagles cry. Yeah, the Demo hit probably hurt the Eagle fan the most. It was. The, uh, he
0: got, DeAndre Swift got folded. It, it, it wasn't a tone setter. It was a punctuation on an he afternoon. Was of was Molly whopping the Eagles.
1: Yeah, that was a good night, Eileen, man. Woo-wee. That one was Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, we got this one from JR says you guys are now my favorite morning show. Thanks to KMBR. There you go. Um, it doesn't wait, surprise so like, me. I'm, it wait, doesn't wait, surprise I'm, me that um, as they dumped their morning show uh, stalwart, we wound up with 2000 people in our morning show on 49er wake up this morning. Well, so we have
0: a little bit of a market report uh, Market report for you right now. 49ers wake up. Viewers, is it 1550? And that's just on your end. You can add another five, 600 on my end. So it's over 2000, uh, which means we have more than 95.7. And we are completely dwarfing KNBR. I'm dwarfing KNBR all over just on my half. Uh, not even including you. So, thanks to Kevin Kruger, the producer of Forty ers Wake Up, for yet another "We're Winning in the Market" market report. Thank you very much, Kevin. And I hope how did he do in his flag football game last night? We got a winner. I don't know how he did. We got to find I... out. Yeah, Man, seriously. Lead the post game show to go play some flag football. I better put up a W.
1: Seriously, I mean, Kev. You know, if you didn't deliver the W, shame on you. Uh, G Martinez says Krug Talk to Demo Lenore about that Woo hit. Oh yeah, I will. There's a couple guys this week I really want to go talk to. One of them is Lenore for just the way he's he's uh, he's playing. I mean, I, another one's Kinlaw for the way he's playing. Uh, maybe Jair Brown, but yeah, definitely got to go talk to Lenore because that was a good night hit. And then also when this game got chippy. And uh, who was it that was getting into it with Mooney Ward? Was it AJ Brown? Yeah, Demo Demo came right over there and, the, and jumped in too. So I I, I can rock with Demo, man. He's there for his for his brothers. You know what I mean? He's there to defend his guys. Somebody, you're gonna put a, fa- a finger in the chest of Charvarius Mooney Ward. You're gonna have to. You're, you're gonna have some Demo Lenore in your grill.
0: Which is almost—he's nice. almost like the 49ers head of security. He will be there. <laughs> he's like our dom. He's your dom. He, he, he is our dom. Um, no, I—I I really like that. I just think that I—I would—I would love to hear what Ambry Thomas has to say and what Jair Brown has to say. Jair Brown, man, he's taken to this defense like a duck takes to water, and I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really happy that what I hoped and what I thought I saw out of a player in college is translating so quickly to an NFL career because. Look, just because you were good in college, the NFL does not really care about that. You either can play at this level or you can't, and uh, he can. So I, I'd, I'd love you to talk to him as well, Larry.
1: The other one I'm going to get, get I got I to gotta get the Dom perspective from Greenlaw, right? I mean, don't you think the Greenlaw interview will be a coveted interview this week? Uh, Dale drops he, this he, one.
0: You should go up to him and call him Dom Greenlaw. Hey, <laughs> Dom Greenlaw.
1: Hey, what's up, Dom? What's going on? Or just start putting a finger in his face, kind of like, "Hey, man." Yeah, fist what, in the finger and What's you know. going on with What what what's going on? <laughs> Larry Kruger from the Krug show laid out. The Krug show no longer gaining subs cuz Larry <laughs> is no longer with us. Dale, how many legit Hall of Famers are there on the 2349
0: ers in your opinion? All right, let's uh, that's a great question. Legit. Let's go, to, let's go and, to the tape. Okay, so so let's go we to the depth mean, chart. So legit doesn't mean that their body of work has already got them in. Like, can they go is what we're asking? Because I think the, the, they're saying how many guys on the 23 Niners are going to be in the hall? Easily four. Our, easily. Let's go, let's easily go through the course. Trent Williams is going to the Hall of Fame. Christian McCaffrey is going to the Hall of Fame. Fred Warner is going to go to the Trent, Hall of Fame.
1: Trent, for sure. And You're Nick saying McCaffrey, of Fame. McCaffrey for sure.
0: Kittle? Kittle's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I bet he does go to the Hall of Fame. Okay, that's three.
1: Debo, Ayuk? No, no. So those three. How about Juice? Juice is going to win tons of rings. He's
0: a fullback. If Lowe's not in, he's not in.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously, you, you can't have low, no O'Neill, and have how about how about uh, Brock? Is Brock gonna make the hall?
0: It's too, it's still too early to even talk like that. I know.
1: All right, let's go to so three in offense, on defense, Bosa, Fred or, Warner, um, Hargrave, No Chase Young, No No, no. Greenlaw, no.
0: no Fred Warner, Yes. So there's two. Five. Dude, five future Hall of Fame players What what a third amount of Hall of Fame players on a single team, by the way. And Kyle Shanahan, if you want to include him, could go to the Hall of Fame. And Lynch is already there. And Lynch is already there. So six. It's
1: a lot. It's a lot. I mean, go back to 1994 Niners Cowboys and you had Steve Young, Jerry Rice. Um, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Dion, Dion, Charles Haley, Troy Aikman. I mean, there's some
0: who is a great uh Cowboys offensive lineman from Sonoma State? Larry Allen. Larry Allen. There's somebody
1: else we're missing. Darren Woodson, maybe. You say Michael yeah. Irvin? Emmett yeah, Troy Aikman. Eric Williams. Does he, was he go? He was freaking awesome. Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson. Jerry's already in Eddie's already in. Yeah. I mean, it's just talent, baby. That was the clash of Titans right there, man. That was maybe the last, that was maybe the, the greatest collection of talent ever on a field at one time.
0: It's one of those things you think, was it really, really special because I was younger? And, you know, the go back to your high school today. The hallways are not nearly as big as you remember them. But you go back and you start thinking about those old Niners. And look, so this is before I moved to San Francisco. B-Y, we forgot about B-Y. There you go. This is happening when I am, you know, rooting for neither team growing up in upstate New York. You got Niners and Cowboys at the tooth of their rival. And I mean, I even knew I was watching like titanic all-time greatness as i was watching it so yeah san francisco
1: was a ghost town when the niners played the cowboys in the 90s freaking ghost town you could go you could be anywhere you could be at stone's town nobody was there you could be at you know academy of sciences nobody was there i mean nobody was on the street i mean it was probably like every sunday in green bay
0: wisconsin it's like a small high school town on a friday night all shops are closed everyone's at the game
1: everybody's at the game (laughs) yeah exactly um all right good stuff this morning we are an hour and 53 minutes into the live stream still on my end 13 almost 1400 people in the room uh thanks for joining us this morning on 49er wake up damon and i are going to be with you after every 49er game. We're going to try to do Monday and Friday.
0: Are we going to come back on Friday here, Ralph, and and uh, and continue this, this fine program? You and I make very good co-hosts. I think us working together is something that uh, appeals
2: to, a, to an awful lot of fans. You know, Trent, it's so funny. We were just doing Mondays, and then I talked to Tate, and I talked to the good people at Amici's, and everybody say, "Why don't you do Friday?" And I say, "Well, I'm kind of busy on Fridays, but you know what? Friday and Monday would be great. I like Monday. I like Friday. They they kind of book in the week. You know what I'm saying, Trent? You know what I'm saying? You hear me? I hear
0: you. I hear you. And by the way, uh, are there vegetarian options for me at Amici's, Ralph?
2: come on. I know deep down you're a meat eater. I, I, I can sense it. I hear it in your voice. You sound like a guy who has like a like a steak and maybe some bacon wrapped around it. Yes, there's veggies. and Don't make fun of us vegetarians. We, we're healthy. We're going to live longer. You need to know that you realize that we're going to live much longer than you because we eat these veggies.
0: My favorite part.
2: And Tommy, this it minestrone? Is it It's the best soup I've ever had? You can put it in a, you can get it in a cup, you can get it in a bowl. <laughs>
0: Like, like he's recapping all the different ways to serve soup. <laughs> you can put it in a mug. You know what I like? I love when
2: I get crackers and they get those small crackers. And then I, What I do is I crunch them in my hand. I, I, I squeeze it in my, in my hand and then the, the crumbs fall in there and they're interspersed between the chili and I really love it. You know, I I identify an awful lot with Dom. Now, I'd never go ahead and get myself involved in an NFL on-field altercation, but I can tell, too, that Dom would appreciate the minestrone. (laughs) Why is it that there's always going to be an Italian guy, Tommy, that's making us look bad? I mean, <laughs> I feel so bad for my fellow paisans. I was embarrassed, but at the same time, I felt the brotherhood. You know, I, you know, and I told Tate, you know, that's one of us. That's our guy. That's our but then he's an eagle. Let's not forget, he's actually the enemy.
0: What I love is the reaction of people who know exactly what the hell this is and people who have no idea what the hell this is in the chat room. If you grew up listening to San Francisco radio, maybe you get it. If you didn't, you have no idea what just happened over the last three minutes of this program. And I thank you very much for sticking with us and being patient. Larry. Win of the year, game of the year, as good of a day Kyle Shanahan's ever had on a football field, and the Niners around him were just spectacular. Always spectacular working with you. I'm going to give you the final word here on The Wake Up, but thanks so much to everyone for all your support as the channel's growing this week. Please hit like and subscribe, and Larry and I will have an awful lot more for you individually and collaboratively. Uh, lots more coming up in a season that's still got an awful lot more football in it. Let's enjoy the ride. Thanks so much. you
1: know, you know Damon it's a, it's a pleasure. It's absolutely a pleasure. I, I never liked my interviews with you on 95 seven the game. I'm gonna say it right now, Damon. You, you took some low blows, but you went at me and you made me grow. you made me grow and i'm I'm better because I felt like there was real growth as far as Lowry. You know that that line in the elevator with John Lund that morning, you're like, hey, did you have a good day? And we were getting our asses stomped, and you knew that. That was mean spirited, Lowry. <laughs> but I've always liked John Lund. I'm a big fan of Damon. I like Gerald Hodges. But you, Lowry, I don't know if like I can rock with you. I'll tell you that, Lowry. And I'll tell you deep down, I look at you, I look in your eyes, and I say, you know what? That guy's never torn his ACL. <laughs>